now whom pods destroy. Welcome, friends. May Landrew be upon you. This is the new episode of Whom Pods Destroy. It's been a while since we've um, done a podcast, but we're back again. And I'm back with my friend, Terry DeFellon. Joy to you, Derek. Joy to you. And Graham Sibley. You are not of the body. <laughs> I am of the body. Just look at me swig of my hips. <laughs> anyway, chaps, this is uh, Derek Mantle. I forgot to introduce myself, would you believe? But that's just typical of me because I am not of the body, as my friend here says. Um, we're talking about a very interesting episode from the first series, uh, which is Return of the Archons, which is an interesting episode and I have certain feelings about it from when I first saw it in sort of like 70s when it was on BBC One sort of like on a Saturday I think that was the first time I saw it there and I think it's probably one of the first episodes I ever saw because it did have uh, an interesting resonance because it was so creepy and I'm actually going to go to, to, to Graham first to actually maybe introduce the episode and how it starts well it, it starts uh, in the Paramount lot, the outside lot, the, the the ones that's been used in a few episodes. Uh, it was used, I think, in Miri and on in City on the Edge of Forever. So it's quite a familiar uh, lot there that they use. But they start with a, a scene with Sula in, which is which is great, and it and it throws you in immediately into the action of of them on the run from from somebody, some from some dark force. Uh, and so it's a great opening for Sulu because he gets to show show off a bit here about what what he's doing, and and it, and you're all it's it's a great hook gets you in there, and obviously you want to return after after the after the credits because you're already sold there because this is going to be a very different type of uh, of Star Trek episode. I, I actually thought that the introduction was very different from normal Star Trek because it was like on a daylight, you know, daylight yeah. lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The colours are completely different from what I expect, you know, you usually expect, you know. And so, and that's, I've mentioned it before, I thought it started off like an Erwin Allen episode of something like um, a Time Tunnel. Yeah, or Land of the Giants it could have been, couldn't it? You know. Something like that. Time Tunnel is a good is a good possibility. They, again, because it's got that period setting. Yeah. So you, you could have been watching an episode of, 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 of a cold open to the Time Tunnel. Because yeah. I think, if I remember that show, I don't watch too many of those episodes, but it feels like that's how a, a typical episode would have started. And also the, the cheapness of... Uh... The, the set because it's not, it's not cheap set but it's a case of reusing sets and reusing costumes well that is a clever part of the time tunnel yeah. isn't it was yeah. that you could make cheap TV using you know basically Hollywood movie lots that are already there just take advantage of the studio that you have and and, and, and that's that's what this episode does really well ridiculously well very effectively takes advantage of uh, of, of Paramount lots to, to put together a pretty cheap episode that was hugely effective yeah, should, should we go back to the actual main sort of um, skeleton of, of this the story? Because I thought this is this is very interesting because they're there to look for another starship, which yeah. is, I mean, it's a trope that's been done plenty of times in Star Trek, but it's also, I suppose, is the idea about looking for a starship and looking for descendants and how it's changed and it was it was also the first episode that they mentioned the prime directive as well a little confusingly yes, yes because they mentioned the prime directive in two in two ways because they talk about land uh uh the uh, uh, landrus 
Prime Directive as well. So mm. it, that, that's confusing a bit. Um, but I think this is one thing that, that, that makes this episode... It adds to the debate of it amongst amongst Star Trek fans, but also I think it is it's part of its weakness in the in the fact that it arrives like an Outer Limits or a Twilight Zone episode, a a single story on its own, and so it introduces elements that aren't explained, aren't followed up on, and never really never really fleshed out at all. Which is fine if you're doing an anthology show where you're where you're you're telling a story and then you're 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 getting away from it immediately. But and and I suppose in the first series of Star Trek, the first season of Star Trek, the original series, you can get away with that sort of stuff, not knowing that we'd still be talking about it sixty years later. So it's in in many ways this is what holds this this episode back because there are so many questions left unanswered. Um, and and not in a good way because I think in lots of episodes that there are there are ideas you can lead forward on or come back to, but in this one, I don't know personally. I feel like there are just big gaps in this story, or there's they go down dead ends that they they didn't need to go down in this. Yeah. So you're saying basically it's like a stew with too many ingredients that. You know, don't actually add to the mix. Oh, certainly, certainly. Yeah. That's. I think there's there's a lot of. Um, it's difficult to say, really, because you've got to throw yourself. Were these tropes at the time? And I think they are, uh, or they or at least they were. Uh, but yeah, I think that's that's the problem. I think with this episode, there, are, there, there there's too many ideas here, and I think Terry, you, you you can see that that why this was in the mix to be the first pilot, can't you? Yeah, I mean, there's there's an awful lot of stuff that they just don't bother addressing because I think that it's the idea is is that they're just getting straight into the meat of the story mm. uh, and and not worrying about the world building aspects of it. And so yes, it it does feel like it's a much much earlier episode of of, of Star Trek than than episode twenty one. We're coming towards the end of the first season. Was never any nobody obviously uh, the renewal of Star Trek uh, to its subsequent seasons is is etched into Star Trek lore, but everybody would have started this season thinking it's quite common to get cancelled after one season, it's quite common to get cancelled after 13 episodes. So they wouldn't have necessarily been thinking about it in those terms, but it, but it, it, would, they would, it feels like a, a, an early pilot episode. I think it would have probably been, you can understand why actually a, they would have seen the, the appeal to a network, because they said, but it gets straight into the thick of things. Uh, really, really early, but I think they wisely, obviously, made a different choice. But it never really, they never developed. I think the story uh, out and fleshed it out uh, so that it could sit in, you know, a, you know, what by then was a fairly storied yeah. uh, series. I mean, twenty-one episodes. That's a lot of TV. Yeah. I mean, in by modern standards, that's two seasons worth of, yeah. of, of 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 TV that you that you've got. So it might have been a little bit jarring, and it is it is quite jarring to watch. But I. I think unintentionally it adds to the the drama of the of yeah. the show yeah because the show is accidentally somewhat lovecraftian um in its approach because of the of the choices that it's made for the backdrop of 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 the of of beta 3 of 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 that of that planet um choosing that kind of 19th century american period in order to to project what life is like on beta 3 you know and the fact that it's 
it's got some genuinely horrific beats in it that actually give it that kind of nice Lovecraftian feel. I don't think they would have intended that to have happened. They mm. just said, well, we need to use a lot. Which lot shall we use? We'll use that <laughs> one. Okay, cool. We'll do that. And it, But it actually works really well. But actually that lack of background information is unsettling yes and the, and, the, and the, the episode is genuinely unsettling you know everybody is living in fear for pretty much the entirety of this uh, of this episode um until it reaches its, its 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 climax almost everyone is living in fear or under stress and anxiety and it's oppressive and it's oppressive to watch and that it's impressive how actually that that conveys itself through through the years really as a as a as a piece of sixties television, you'd have thought that it would be a bit naff, but actually, it, it still it still holds up in that respect. Also, I mean, the sense of eeriness is also uh, amplified with the, the the soundtrack. The music is it, those beats that hit there, sort of how yeah. how to make you feel very uneasy. If not not commissioned yeah. for the episode, all old stuff that really? they put together. Okay. So mm. they just took, and it was really so. That I can't remember the music editor. Who throughout throughout the, the the first series, and he's so he's taken bits um, from there's bits from the there's a lot of stuff that's taken from the cage, which is a really eerie soundtrack mm. as well, and moved that in, and from where no one has gone before as well, which is also really really eerie, and there's even a little bit from um, Corbin Might Maneuver, isn't there? Corbin Might Maneuver, yeah, they got they've taken they, and 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 has made this really eerie. Sort of like you know, the, I mean, the the music that they use um, for when the uh, inhabitants are turning and, and instructed and pick up their sticks and start slowly, sort of like, yeah. the, I mean, that's that from that's from the cage um, as well, and and that is so spooky and so creepy. Do you know um, why it works so well clever. though? It works so well because they actually used a drum beat for to to organise all the extras there. Yeah. So, so that they would all march They're marching in time. In time. Yeah. So the, and so actually using music to, to, to do that and then overlaying the, the music yeah. on top of that well, I, makes it work. I wouldn't more. be at all surprised if actually the music editor just, just like saw that and went, oh, that's what they're doing. Oh, well, we'll use this bit. Because yeah. by, again, by this point, he'll know that catalogue of music yeah. like the back of his hand and go, oh, that's perfect. I'd be very surprised if when they were with the, the director would have been, he wouldn't have been, Joseph Pevney would not have been across the music he would have thought, I don't know what. My, I'm not even thinking about music at this point. This, it's they, they've got five days to make this, to, 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 to shoot this. They were, and and it would have been the music editor would have gone. I, I've got a piece of music that will fit perfectly with that, yeah. and in it, and in it goes, and and so it just goes to show you, just you know, when you've got good people running these things, just how effective that scene is. Because he could have chosen something else, and it would have been. Mm. you know disastrous so it is very very clever and it's an excellent use of the music and it's interesting that you pick up on that and you actually have a massive cast I mean as well as a lot lot of uh, guest stars in this yeah exactly and people who who have turned up so many times as well playing talking roles Um, you know we we see nearly everyone of the uh, main Enterprise crew except for Uhura Unfortunately, mm. she's the only one, you, yeah. know, she, you know, and we, we should also she's mention... Very, very briefly. She gets, no, I don't think she has any dialogue, does she? Or very little anyway. But does she? Mm. I don't think so. No, no, because no, it's for the Enterprise bit, it is um, Scotty's yeah. show, really. And also a bit of Sulu, you know. But right from the beginning, you do have a major cast, because you have like a, a, a... The writer being for the titles, we have the um, transporter room full of people... <laughs> 
Yeah. Which you don't usually see as many people like that having yeah, a party you, there. You've got you've got that guy who's there's that guy who's just like standing there. Like, and they say, well, what, what do you do? Cause he's the same guy who then goes down on the planet with him, isn't yeah. he? So I think they're probably thinking, well, we're paying all this money Might to get this him. guest star in. So <laughs> we're, giving, we're giving him lines, so we better, you know, in you come, you know, and, and you know. make yourself Well, useful. he was supposed to be the expert, the sociologist or the historian, because he got... This is the funny thing right at the beginning when um, Sulu comes up with his clothes, which are uh, 18th century. So they're sort of like um, revolution, American Revolution type clothes when you actually look at them. And then he, he's so pissed off. He says, you are the one who gave us the wrong clothes and throws the clothes at him. <laughs> These are the clothes they wear. Yes. Oh, and then they that. start yeah. where when they go down, they're all in later proper, proper sort of like, you know, um, I suppose nineteenth-century sort of yeah clothes because yeah. I wondered what was going on with that line, but I didn't put that yeah, together. I, Isn't it that funny? Yeah, it's, it's amazing <laughs> what, what what you miss out in rewrites because obviously the uh, the um, sociologist also is meant to have a relationship yes. with Tula Tula the daughter. Tula come that that gets written out, and but it still keeps over with his sort of like protection of her as well. Yes, so, yeah, yeah, which is very interesting. Yeah. So going back to the, the start, of, well, after the credits, we, we go straight to the um, guys beaming down a, a brand new um, so it's a landing party, of, a party with the main crew of, of McCoy, Spock and Kirk, and then their entourage to help them through it. Um, we're given our first introduction to... Some inhabitants, uh, proper inhabitants, mm. who very interestingly s- s- speak better than I do right at the moment. But the way they actually, uh, the first character they meet, um, who they speak to, um, has a really weird way of talking. He does, he does, he does doesn't he? Yeah. But I, I suppose this is going into this whole sort of like uh, maybe post revolutionary sort of like. Uh, 19th century sort of maybe yeah. that's how they think is, I think that's is, what is, they is it a bit New England or yeah. yeah yeah it felt a bit it felt a bit New England it felt about a bit old revolutionary yeah. you know America in, in, in that. that that guy I think that he was definitely channeling that when he was when he did that really enunciating yeah, it yeah. you know and had that slight, slight sort of like slight Germanic Germanic or perhaps or Northern European sort of yeah. like sort of like twang to, to it. He worked really. It was really effective, and he was just like his, his eyes, and he was like that that green uh, intensity there, there and the intense yeah that kind of sort of like complete lack of sincerity, mm. totally false sincerity, like being ridiculously over polite to people when presumably because inside he's got is just like being he's being massively coerced. Mm-hmm. to behave in a certain way and has been coerced to behave in a certain way all of his life. We don't know this at the time. No, of course. But I mean yeah. it, it's it's this is this is what it is. And it's so eerie and creepy that you think, well, who is it? All of these people are so they're 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 dressed in a familiar garb. You know, they're they're human beings. They're behaving like human beings, but then at the same time they're also behaving completely unlike human beings because they're just being massively coerced by this by well, this, also by this Body, the the speed of where everyone is walking at, at such a slow yeah. pace. Yeah. You know, it's not a normal pace. It's a slow. Yeah, pace. nobody's running around. No one's in a rush. You know, and no one's being 
no one, I mean, you, you can probably imagine that it's like, no, you have to walk very slowly and very deliberately because we can't have you twisting your ankle, we can't have you falling over, we can't have any accidents, <laughs> nothing, nothing bad is going to happen. Health and safety gone mad. It is, it's health, it's health and safety gone mad. Which sort of like lends into some of the themes of the of, of, of the episode, I think. <laughs> but um, this is the time when you know, straight after our introduction with the uh, character I can't remember his name, but Antula, we go straight to the Red Hour. But that's just like insane. It's it. It is because yeah. you've got you know you associate because we whether we choose to or not we associate that period of history with tremendous emotional austerity don't we I mean, yeah. like everybody is expected to behave in a way, particularly as british people because we we've got victorian britain still yeah. still within us you know now that and now and that, that's and it's 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 very much a narrative but but it's something that you expect so when you see those people dressed like that in that kind of environment for them to suddenly explode into this sort of like you know you know into this festival of complete barbarism is really jarring, really shocking, and very, very scary. And, but that's and, all it's there for, isn't it? Yeah. It, it's just to have this jolt. It was never this, really explained why. Never really. And that's one of the yeah. annoying things about the episode, yeah. is like, well, why? I mean, you could have wouldn't, a, a few lines from Spock saying, well, you know, or, or yeah, this sociologist guy saying, well, this is, you know, the festival is, you know, yeah. he allows, Al Andrew must allow, I know, uh, uh, you know, them, he must have figured out at some point that in order to keep them under control, they must be allowed periods of time when they can just do anything that they like. Yeah. Uh, and and so this is what the festival is. And then they have to go back to normal and that. But, I mean, part of me likes the fact that we, we as the audience, get to, get to um, infer that from the episode. Yeah. But then I think that the reality is, is I think that they just didn't write the script properly because I think that they, yeah. on another episode, they would have, they would have, made an attempt to explain that and yeah. help the audience out. Exactly. You, you, uh, is this a, another glimpse into the past, into their into their past? Like like we get when they get out the, the little light um, box yes. thing that, that he has. We get these little teasers of what, their, what yeah. their society was like in the past. Well, they've already done it with sort of Ponfar, the same sort of thing, the idea that you have... Yeah, the, I, the I suppose you've emotion. got this, yeah. this, this yeah. release of emotion. That's, that's a very good good point. Also, the problem with with the the festival and the red hour is the fact that it immediately hits the buffers with what they can actually do because this is obviously meant to be an orgy of violence and sex, isn't it? Yes. It's that that's what is inferred all the way through. Mm. But of course, they can't do that because this is a prime time family show. Well, mm. it does. It 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 goes. I think it is actually quite a strong episode. Uh, sorry, that that thing is so implied probably more than most shows because there's this shot where you actually see the shadow of a man and a woman yeah you know on the wall when you see some people fighting and it looks you can see that you know what's actually mm. happening there is there is some violence against a man and a woman there mm. some of those scenes were cut in the one, one of the bbc releases the oh, copy really? that i had on vhs yeah. for years was one and it would have been transmitted of a of a of an late afternoon during the mm. children's children's slot and and it was that stuff was taken out because only when I watched it later on you know video or whatever and I thought oh mm. hang on that's that's new I hadn't seen that bit before yeah because I mean like, I've seen these as episodes so many times um so 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 I mean I found it quite 
I suppose maybe as you also maybe as you get older and you you learn to understand yes. the imagery a little bit more and you mm. understand just what it means and just how how dark and unpleasant it is that you that maybe in a way when you're younger you you, you may not fully grasp but uh, but I found it quite 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 disturbing those mm. those things um, you get hinted at though that it's it is it's all about sex because yeah because uh, the, the old guys say like well they they're young they should be in the festival mm. so it is all, it, this is so it's again a, yeah. you're, you're just we're teased, old you can't get it up if anymore you think that yeah, through, yeah. but if you think that through that's just ghastly isn't it it is ghastly yeah. so so this is reproduction through through yeah. through rape basically yeah yeah basically well, yeah, I suppose. So this is a, a, a which which if you if if you want to think of it all the way through there, if that's how, because the way that they are, they're not probably going to voluntarily copulate, are they? I mean, they're not going to want to. They're not. Their brains aren't going to be able to say this is how this is a this is a healthy society to bring up a family in. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so so how do you do that? How yeah. does Landry resolve that problem? Yeah. He bottles them up into an absolute. Suppressed frenzy, and then lets them go. Yeah. Now, all right, maybe there's a degree of consent involved, but yeah. it doesn't. You know, it could easily well, not be. If right? you're if you're on the streets at six o'clock, then yeah. <laughs> then, then, then you need it. to get. Yeah. But if you're yeah. expected because you're young enough, you yeah. have to be there. You yeah. Have, you're, so you are obliged to be there. Yeah. For the red hour. Mm. It's ghastly. It is ghastly. Yes. Well, it, it is. Maybe it, I'm, am I thinking too much about? Yeah, well, you are. are thinking. No, too no, much but, but that's, 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 <laughs> that's what that's what what, what you're what, what you're left yeah. with is in this episode is to is to is to portray things that that are there or aren't there, hmm. um, and and I think that's what lets the episode down. Although it, it does allow for a, a, for an ele- for elements of shock and horror, it it is it turns into being gratu- gratuitous yeah. shock. That's yeah. what it is. It's just there because mm. there's no reason for it. There's no there's no given reason for for, mm. for for them to go into this orgy of sex and violence. Well, there's no explained yeah, no explained reason. I mean, as a script, it might have tried to do that, and things were cut out because again, we're talking about the sociologist guy, he, yeah. his relationship with Tula. Yeah, when she gets back. Yeah, you know, uh, the next morning. That's a horrible. That's horrible. That's, yeah, you know, you've yeah. got like a, a, a basically a rape survivor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I you mean, know. that's just awful. I mean, you, you that's know. unambiguously awful. And yeah. his character does berate the parents. Yes, to let this to let say this. you've allowed this to happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I um, mean, and this just gives you an idea just how utterly, utterly dysfunctional the. And Kirk is right to point out to Spock, you know. You know, so the prime directive is for you know developing societies. We have this like. You know, this was not something that was spoken. He was right to to say that, and to and to point out that this needed to this needed to be changed. He wasn't just acting out of his own self interest in destroying Landry. It was it was it was this was clearly something that needed to be needed to be changed quite urgently. Mm-hmm. Um, and fortunately, you know, for them. Well, again, I mean, the thing is, is that we're introduced to the Prime Directive. You've got a society that has its own religion. Is what it is. It's a religion, isn't it? Is, is it, being... Derek? Well, it, yeah. It, yeah. So, what it, is it? I mean, this is the this is the question. Is, you know, it? because because I suspect I think it works that, on a couple levels. Yes, religion levels. And, and and communism and communism. Yeah. Yes, it's a it's it is probably a repudiation of communism first, and then a commentary on on organised religion and 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 religious cults second. Mm. But I would suggest it's 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 anti-communist because as we repeatedly say on this on this on this podcast this this series all of this series is filmed and made during with the vietnam war as a backdrop 
Um, and so, yeah, it participates in the Cold War uh, mm -hmm. as a prime time as a primetime TV show. So, of course, it, it will it will propagandise on the side of, of, of the US. And also, this and, is, yeah. I suppose, an episode of, you know, America, the Federation, as being the world's or the galaxy's policeman. Yeah, yeah. And the perception of communism as being massively micromanaged societies to the extent where they're even told how slowly they must walk. Uh, where they're controlled by their minds and they're controlled, the, you know, they are, they're, they're micromanaged to the point where they are told to pick up an object and pursue those people who are not of the body and club them to death. The slowness is, is the slowness is meant to be to symbolise the fact that they are not progressive. Yes. That, isn't it? It's, Absolutely. It, it is the fact that, 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 the, that the culture is going nowhere. It's it's stuck in the past. That's yeah. why it's, it's 19th century. That's why they talk funny. It's not moving forward at all. That's that's what it what it, it's meant to be. When they seem to be a very advanced race because they've got enough power to bring mm -hmm. down a starship and, and has been that way for 6000 yeah. years which yeah. is and they can run a, and they can run a computer with, yeah. without any maintenance or uh, any software updates for for <laughs> for god knows yeah. how long, just from behind a wall i mean this is at, at that point we can we can excuse the fact that it's the 1960s <laughs> and people's idea about how computers actually work is very very different to how how we understand computers well of course and they're work. not filled with fireworks yeah. as well and they're not filled with fireworks yeah no computers require human beings to run to, to, to be run and and not, and not the other way around and i suspect that one that will always be that will always be the the case and that's why this is not really in terms of the artificial intelligence aspect of it it's the least interesting aspect of of this episode because it's it's just such an uh, an old old fashioned concept about how how computers and AI actually works. That the more well, that we know about it, I did think that the, there was a nugget there of the idea that maybe Landrew, um, you know, sort of transferred his intelligence to the computer. But that's not what actually happens because you find out it's actually no. about programming. No, he yeah. programmed. Yeah, yeah. 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 He, he than... See, I mean, I've got this perception of Landrew as like probably I suspect maybe what happened is. And, and, and it's a bit like Vulcan, is that he's a kind of Surak-type figure mm -hmm. who perhaps led this, this culture out of, out of a period of barbarity, barbarism, um, and, and into a period of peace, but, but managed it to a point where they were restricted from doing anything of any, any note because the fear was that it would, it would, it would cause leave to ruin. And maybe by nature these people are fierce and violent and and maybe this is the reason why it was never explained and we can take some pleasure into into figuring out and joining the dots uh, but then what he did was is he created you know a, a computer to to do the work for him and it's possible that the computer then went went a bit mad and imposed even more restrictions on them this that's a nice backstory and it would have been nice to have got yeah. a bit of that in the episode mm. I wonder if a lot of what happened, because again, it's it's a pilot episode, so thinking on my feet, a lot of that sounds like it could be Vulcan, couldn't it? That's oh, yeah, kind of certainly. Vulcan's backstory, yeah, 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 isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I wonder what if they we went where we actually we'll, no, we'll nab that bit and we'll use that yeah. for the Vulcans. We'll refine the story a bit more yeah. and use it, but for, use it for, for someone else. Time, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, but but and maybe that's why the episode suffers in that way. Yeah, because a lot of the the integrity. It is worth pointing out that the guy Boris Sobelman who is credited for the teleplay of this, 
nobody I mean doesn't even have his own Wikipedia entry yeah so not to start not I mean if this had been maybe scripted by Gene Kuhn for example yeah he might have been able to have brought in a little bit more backstory into yeah. it yeah I don't know how much of the original Gene Roddenberry story is still there no, no. I mean, I, I, I don't know either. To be yeah. perfectly honest with you, I mean, unfortunately, I was, I was so uh, preoccupied with the themes of this episode. I didn't think <laughs> too much about it, its history and the development of its script. But uh, it's, it's written somewhere. It'll be on, mm. you know, somewhere. But yeah, I mean, I just think that that's, that's, re- that's. There's so much. There's so much that you can take out of this episode. But at the same time, it's not. It's not. It's not like you're watching a, a, a highbrow. So like you know, movie which will which which allows the audience to work out what's going on without spoon feeding it to you. This is a a bit. This is a TV show. There's stuff that's just been left out. Yeah. Uh, through negligence, sadly, rather than rather than delivered by design. But it, but it is strong enough, and as Star Trek fans, we're engaged sufficiently to sit there and look at it and try and figure out meaning that isn't there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think I, I was watching it and I was thinking, how would this have been different if it was a second season episode or a third season episode? How would it have been done differently? And you, you get to see a feeling that they would have had less themes in there, I think. Yes. Um, there would have been some uh, gratuitous romantic interest there for Kirk. Um, Kirk and well, Tula. It, it does. Yeah. It does. Spock would have sorted it out. Yeah. Like, Spock would have figured it out. Yeah. 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 Um, but would it have made it any stronger? I don't know. But it, it's it's just one of those, those weird things. If it had it, had this been a, a next gen episode, then it would have gone into it would have been bogged down into the whole story arc of what has actually gone on 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 Beta Three. So uh, it would have been handled very differently by Picard. Certainly, yes. I read a really good review um, uh, by a, a, a critic, a film and TV critic called Darren Mooley, um, and he wrote a, a lengthy reg- a review of this. And, and and he allows himself to go off and speculate as to how Picard would have handled this mm. kind of episode. And I suspect it would have been probably quite different. And he would because they would have gone into the whole idea of consent mm. and what kind of you know. I mean, was it? Is it right? Was Kirk right to to just destroy Landrew? Yeah. Um, in the way that he did in and and he's he's, he's done that in other episodes as well. Yeah. He did it in Taste of Armageddon. He'll do it in the Apple. Um. And and, and it is very much his thing. Whereas Picard probably would have tried to have found, you know, maybe maybe would have found some some kind of middle ground or some kind of way out of it. Still within the forty five minute script as well. Yeah. Um. Which would have and it would have been a very impressive episode. But but yeah, I mean I. I think in view of what we've been saying about the level of coercion that the inhabitants, that the, the people of Beta 3 had, that I think actually on this occasion Kirk was fully justified in putting the plug. But he also had to use his superpower of human illogic against computers. Ah, he just yeah, but he's them. helped by Spock, though. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people yeah. talk about this. This is one of the famous Kirk tropes. Was it one of the examples of the famous Kirk convinces computers to destroy themselves? But actually, some of the more cutting remarks are with Spock. Spock goes in, gets in there as well. So they double team, and Kirk and Spock double team. Landry didn't stand a chance. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> you should never have let them anywhere near him. You should have gone, nah, those two guys are, you know. A tag team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bring on the men with the pipes. But the... Use your pipes. Go on. Yes. <laughs> well, I was wondering, are they actually pipes or are they? Uh, what's the? Did you do? I wonder if they have been digits. Yeah, I think they were a little bit too too small for 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 for, for, for digits. But it, it crossed my mind. But the the religious aspect of it, 
I mean, the fact that, you know, the lawgivers are in these mm -hmm. kind of like sort of monastics kind of robes and stuff like that. And there's a ceremony and procedure to sort of like absorption and stuff like that mm. brings in that religious characteristic. So it could be a commentary also on, on, on religious cults, which were proving to be quite the thing, you know, well, at the time as well. Well, so, body of Christ and things well, like that. That, that kind of well, stuff. Well, the guy yeah. that they see has actually a ceremonial robe, the one who's the sleeper agent inside there. If you yeah. look at his... Yeah, Marplan. Yeah, Marplan, yeah. sounds like a store that it you It does sound like, like a, uh, yeah, electronics. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's why I keep kicking. That's been lost to the myth of time. <laughs> I, got, I got a strange urge to go and, and buy a tape recorder <laughs> every time I heard his name being Or a solar panel. <laughs> or some audio or something. Yeah, <laughs> thinking, do I have enough Amstrad goods in my life? I need to get myself along to Mark plans. <laughs> but we have an interesting second or third scene when when finding when they're caught. Actually, with the third scene, I suppose, because you've had the beginning of the town, then you have the uh, escape escaping from the Red Hour, and the, the introduction with uh, the, the, the parents or the well, the father of Tula and, and mm. the underground, and then we finally get they get caught as it as it always happens with, with, with you know uh, the, the the Enterprise uh, characters, and we have because we've had um, uh, McCoy who through through the series has actually been a mainstay. He's sort of forgotten about through this and only does the, the you know a couple little bits and pieces and, and, and behaves weirdly after being absorbed into the body um <clears throat> do you reckon that's just because they're you know, they've, they've given now they've seen like uh, leonard nimoy and shatner being so good together that they're bigging them up at this time in 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 the production you know so like some of the other characters that should have been part of the uh, entourage you know, are, are there, but but they're still we're now focusing totally on the the, the Spock and the, the, the mm. Kirk sort of mm. relationship. I, I wonder if if it had this been second season, it would have been Chekhov, who to be, to be, to would have been absorbed. Yeah, into uh, 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 to be the first kind of, who, yeah to be the one. I think they needed a because there's there's that guy the the, the, the sociologist guy who's uh, uh, and. The, the other guy in the party who gets the speaking lines. And he's the guy who's kind of pushing Spock a bit, you know, and saying some lines that you could actually ascribe to McCoy quite yeah. a lot. And I think that they've taken, they've said, well, no, we'll, we'll use McCoy because we need to absorb him in the body because as impactfully that's going to work better yeah. with the audience if it's a character they know and, and love and, and, and it's going to be more scary and more effective. And, and he does and a so, great job of it. And he it. does a great he's, job. He's very yeah. much in the pre-cursor to, to sit you on the edge forever almost, isn't oh, it? Oh, yes. yes. In that sort of respect. Yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. And well, I mean, DeForest Kelly's, a, yeah. um, I mean, a, 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 was a master actor. So, so yeah, it was, it, it, and it, and they do work really, really well, that, that whole thing. And that, but it's it still, it's got, that kind of like still anti-communist thing about the idea of sort of like you know traitors within your own midst and stuff like that yeah. you're all spying mm. on each other and but are you or the body there, and there's some lovely stagecraft though in that in that scene in the dungeon because they've got parts of the set are, are right in the foreground and there's there, there's this one bit where where spock actually goes out of shot because he walks behind it and he's still talking he's still got the dialogue going but comes around through an archway and then and then comes to meet to meet Kirk again, and you say, 
that's not a sort of shot you see these days. It's not a shot that that a, a where every, where the directors are coming from different angles all the time. That just to let the actors work with the stage, and I think that works really well mm. in that stage. There is some there's some really nice bits in this episode, which is a bit shame because they just seem to run out of ideas. Spock has got no ideas in this episode. No, yeah, next to no, none. He's he, telling you what's going on, basically. Yeah, he yeah. is. He's there just for exposition a lot of the time, um, which is when he's not at his best. He's at his best when he's when he's sorting stuff out, isn't he? When he's mm. coming up with... with, with well, the there is ideas. one good bit where... Where he punches someone. He punches someone. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's, I think that is, is, is probably indicative of the frustration of it in that episode. It, it comes out as him just lamping someone. Yeah. And, and Kirk <laughs> says, doesn't it? It's a bit old-fashioned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah, no, uh, he doesn't, he can't yeah. use his brain to. Yeah, because I mean, yeah. Kirk is a, you know pretty much the guy who figures figures out pretty early to say what's going on here. And you know, yeah, you know, and, I mean, um, it's all Kirk this episode. Yeah, he really is. I mean, I know you say say that that they have this double team thing at the end there, but he he uh, this is where Spock really is just a supporting mm. guy to him rather than being being. Yeah, I mean, the, if this had been a second yeah. season episode, yeah, I mean, as I said, I think you would have got. Well, I mean, in fantasy, I mean, also in Spock, I mean, like, I think, because this one reminds me a lot of Taste of Armageddon because it's got a similar kind of, yeah, sort of, like, the, the idea of, of computers running things. You know? Yeah. Um, and Spock plays a, you know, fairly key role in, in I think, in bringing that, that, that episode to a conclusion. But yeah, you're right. He doesn't really have that, doesn't really have that here. I never quite got my head around. They never, because they never explain. Of course, <laughs> they don't explain why these guys dress like they are. Why this society looks like it's, you know, from a Paramount lot. Why? Why is it? Why is it period nineteenth century? Earth. You know, is Earth. <laughs> I mean, they, in Miri, they it's a similar situation in Miri, but they explain it in Miri. They explain there's a theory of parallel development, and uh, and and they explain that in Miri. But they don't explain it in here, and you sort of like think, well, how comes? And it, or I often think about that because is it could we could we stretch it to the point and think, well, actually, that's not how they actually look. How they actually look is is completely different. But how we perceive them right. is through this filter. So of, a, of 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 period nineteenth century. Yeah, I think that's probably it. I mean, it, what it is is a shortcut for the viewers to say that this is this yeah. is. This is this is a society that is less than where I am now. This yes. is we're we turning the clock back a hundred years, and these these guys aren't going anywhere. So these should be at the uh, on the real upward curve. Yeah, this is just around the start of the industrial revolution, or no, near the end of the industrial revolution. This is where, this is where the society should be at its uh, at its see. most progressive. Yeah, uh, in terms of of development. Um, but it's not. It's yeah. it's still it's stilted. It's it, it's stilted. It's it's yeah. It's stalled. That's yeah. What it has. So it's a decision made by by the producers, by Roddenberry and by presumably yeah. Gene Coon to go. Oh yeah, this is. And then we've got this handy backlog here. We're backlog um, backdrop here that we can use. Yeah. That um for for the background and it will be nice and cheap and it yeah. and it does it does the job. But in fact, actually, the reality is is that the appearance is completely different. They are aliens. Yeah. They are actually aliens. I mean, are they aliens? Are they humans? Is this an ex- is this an old colony? All of that's not explained. Does it need to be explained? Probably not. Are these the archons? Are they in fact the well, archons? Well, that's yeah. the yeah. thing that went through my head, Canon, because they do mention 
about yeah. there was you know uh, the, there were archons. There were archons eight hundred years before, mm. and you have the prophecy of them coming back, the saying that sort of like the you know the the uh, Starfleet would be back again. Mm. But were these, as you said, were these descendants from? Some of them, presumably, would some of them would be. Yeah, yes, some of them would know. have been absorbed, and and maybe that's why some of them actually don't have immunity as well. Maybe well, a man, what's his name, who was immune, uh, Tamar, 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 yeah. no, Rhaegar, 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 who was Rhaegar is the guy who was yeah, sorry, Rhaegar is the guy who was who was immune, and 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 Matt Flint, <laughs> um, um, <laughs> Rhaegar was immune. Maybe he was an, descended from an archon. Yeah, because maybe the archons were immune. Some of the archons were immune. Well, to the there are there are only two towns, aren't there, on this planet? There's the valley, there's and then the valley, there's places. Valley, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. You come from the valley. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, eh? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> you come from the valley, eh? Yeah. 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 Which is funny, if, uh, with the new um, special effects in the um, remastered editions. You see, actually, the ta- that you had. The, you see the city from. from yes, from, you do. Right, yeah, that's, yeah. that's nice. Yeah, I quite yeah, like that. Know, nothing else around there. <laughs> nothing else around there. It's all Yeah, but he obviously says that there's there's probably just two of these sort of like stagnant communities that just yeah. go on there. It's a really it's a really interesting episode. Some really interesting ideas and and completely watchable despite its its yeah. its, its flaws. It's still very entertaining. It's got an entertaining climax. And you know, and I like, I mean, I like, and I love the, the 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 contrast between the old school world, and then the ultra modern world underneath. Presumably underneath, mm-hmm. I assume it's underneath. It might not be underneath. Where 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 all the action happens, where where Landry is, and where all of his lawgivers are, and all of that. And I like, and I like, I like that aspect of it as well. The fact that clearly this this planet used to be ultra ultra modern at some point, and he Landry was like retrofitted the civilization back to a to an earlier stage of its well, yeah, cultural development age, to a perception of a golden age he's made beta 3 great again yeah. he's made beta 3 <laughs> I, uh, yeah somebody should use that uh, yeah it's, it's, there's tons to unpack there there yeah. is there yeah. is isn't there yeah. 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 I, I was going to go right to the end because we've actually explained the story Backwards yeah. and forwards and around, but we've we've actually but, hey, people have but, seen this episode loads yeah. of times. But I was going to say, I, I, there's one bit I, I thought was quite funny uh, was when uh, on the Enterprise, um, you've got uh, after Landru's defeated and everything, and you have um, Sulu come back to his seat, and he does this. Sort of like shrug, yeah, yeah. That's, that's it. <laughs> you know, so like, sorry yeah, guys, I'm yeah. okay to drive. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah I'm, that's I've got it. this stuff out of my head, and you know, and you know, yeah. he just gives this big, big shrug and a big smile, and he, <laughs> and then he pushes the guy out the way. Yeah. Yeah. And, Come on, there you, you know. go. It's like, sure, you're okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like quite a transformation. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 a, it's, a, it's a weird episode in in certain respects. Yeah, it's, Derek. So do you know? Uh, the uh, the guy Christopher Held, or sometimes known as Carl Held, do you do you know what other things he's been in? 
No, I don't. No, no Carl Held. Who, who's what? He was the. He was Lindstrom. Old... You're asking in a way that Lindstrom should possibly know. Yes, and I'm not going to look. <laughs> you've got you've got Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, he was in an episode uh, of The Outer Limits. Uh, the the, but the wasn't everyone. I think you were uh, in yeah, the episode. But of he the was Outer he Limits. was he played he played a a an astronaut in a in a in a very early Outer Limits episode. Ah, okay. Uh, the called the man that was never. Born, I think. Is this a time one? Is it, it is a time one. It's yeah, one with I, Martin I, I Landau. Do, I yes. remember this one. Yeah, that's a yeah. good episode. That's a good. Uh, well, I haven't watched it for obviously decades, but I, I do recollect that one. Yeah, because is he? He he he's he sort of like obviously there's a time loop. Yes, back there is. In time yeah. and, it, and and obviously crash lands back on. You know, does he crash back on Earth? Anyway, you you were saying sorry. No, no, yes, it, it is. It is an interesting. But it, it's all about paradoxes of time. Yeah. But it's it's Martin Landau's episode. Yeah. But he does appear with Martin Landau again in. Oh, really, Spazio? Spazio. <laughs> Great, I'll drop in right. the he, he also has an uncredited appearance in uh, Dimes Are Forever as well. So, as Ooh, one nice. of Felix's agents. One of Felix's agents. Yes, I think oh, so. fantastic. So he's in that too. Oh, right. Right. Martin Lando, of course, who almost became Spock. Who was one of, the, one of the guys, one of the runners for Spock. I actually didn't know that. I, I, yes, that Martin Lando really, was, really was wow. in the running for Spock. Was, wasn't he being invited to be the, the replacement to Spock when, when Nimoy asked for too much money? Or was that... Oh, that could have been it, actually. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's how it was going to be. I think Nimoy, Nimoy is... It, yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. Because they've worked and, together with in Mission Impossible. Certain, yes. After, after they, the first yes. series. Yeah, and also because he would have been, I assume he probably would have been, because Mission Impossible was a Desilu Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yes. um, series, so so there would have been a bit of that going on as well. well. Lots, of course, I mean, and the, yes. they shared producers, didn't they? They certainly did. Yes, yes. yeah, yeah. So so there would have been, that would have made okay. an awful lot of sense. I think Martin Lando would have made an excellent spot. Well, not as good as Nimoy, but no. but still pretty good. <laughs> yeah, no, he he would have definitely made a, a really good dignified Vulcan. Anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, we're moving off topic, which yes, possibly suggests why we should be... Because Martin Lando isn't in this episode. No, 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 no. He never appeared in Star Trek. He almost appeared in Star Trek, but he never did. Yes. You know. um, yeah, I mean, there's one other thing I'd, I was going to sort of uh, say, sort of wrapping up our episode here as well. I mean, bringing it back to our love of comics, actually. Because I believe that there was a sequel in the DC Comics one um to this where really? yes really? i think there was yeah and but lower decks has done a, a sequel to this hasn't it well lower decks does it to everything yeah, yeah. i mean anything with a computer in it yeah <laughs> i don't just lower I decks think yeah yes yeah they've gone back to, be, to to to, to beta to, 3 and lower decks how yeah. have i missed that i've watched all of those yeah, i, I think it's the second series okay I'll, I'll look forward to re-watching yeah. that yeah. i'll have to re-watch that and remind myself but i think it. it's a short it's not that, that's no. not there for very long it's just uh, okay one right, of, it's one of those yeah. stop-off points but it's quite it, it is funny i mean you know I, i'm a big fan of lower decks lower decks and, is, and is has, class you've, you've yeah. finally got round to watching them have you no <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want I, to i just found it on my research that's all it's 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 a lot of fun lower decks when you're ready, you'll massively enjoy it. Yeah. I didn't know that there was a... I mean, I thought I'd read all of those DCs, but I didn't. Maybe I don't think I've read absolutely all of them, so maybe I missed... So missed what happens then, Derek? Yeah. Well, I think they go back and there's, there is, like, descendants who obviously... Because because Kirk 
right at the end of this episode, basically says to everyone, well, there you go. You sort it out now, and then walks off. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, yeah. Ah, uh, uh, I think I think you might be conf- confusing this with, with, with the apple. There is a sequel to the apple. Is it in the where, comics? In the comics. Okay. Mike Carlin right, writes it. Okay. And it's, it's rubbish. Well, maybe I'm wrong. It's, it's um, rubbish. And and he, and he go and they go back to that planet, and yeah, everything's gone to hell. Whereas at the end of the uh, Return of the Archons, of course, they don't. They leave people behind to help them. Yeah. But at yes, the end of the do. apple, yes. they all just let naff off. Well, yeah, I mean, I suppose it's, it, 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 they leave people behind. It's it's definitely a sort of allegory of like what America do when they've yeah you know sort of got in and, and, and bringing bringing sort of like another culture up to their sort of standards. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, it, and obviously as a matter of policy, it's something yeah. that works so well. <laughs> it does, yeah. <laughs> well, once you get, and resolve all problems. Once you get McDonald's, it's fine. Once yeah. you get McDonald's, you know. in there, well, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, like, Kirk is very happy that that, that there is that there is a return of domestic violence. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. a, sounds promising. Yeah. Wife beating sounds promising. Yeah. <laughs> But um, going back to the comics again. Yeah, sorry. I was looking at yesterday, so I actually dug out the IDW, um, the uh, Kelvin Universe version of Return of the Archons, and was having a look at that as well. And I, I was thought maybe you'd read that. I might have read that, you know. You know, and they changed the story around a bit. I know we're going completely off topic mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. where it's actually the. The, the computer that controls people is actually a computer that was on the Archon, the actual starship. Oh, so it's the Archon's computer. And causes the problems. Because well, they've re- you know, So the writer of that particular issue, probably that was his head, personal headcanon about yeah. the return of the Archons, was that actually it was the Archon's computer. Yeah, and also it was a Federation <gasps> experiment. Yes. To control people. Yes. That, that, that's an idea. That is an idea. a decent episode. Yeah. That's a really yeah. good episode. To control populations. Yeah. And yeah. Then, that's what the next gen episode would be. It would be. Yes, it would be. Yeah. And, the know. sins of the past. It would be, yeah, indeed. And yeah. there'd be full reparations, yeah. you know, and all yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. it finishes off oh. after, you know, Kirk comes back and everything is sorted, sorted things out. His, his uh, Admiral Pike is still alive in the, in the, the series. Uh, is warned that his project of Kirk is getting too close to the truth. Ooh. But of course, well, that all stuff with it. No, yeah, they, they don't go anywhere with it, it no, because it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a film marketing tie-in, and there's only so far you can go yeah. with, that kind of, <laughs> with that kind of stuff. That's always yeah. the problem. It is, can we just reflect on the very end of the, 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 the end of that? Because this, there's, there's the other thing that's a bit of a first-season trope as well, you know, this idea of a utopian society is not developed at this point in Star Trek. This this Kirk is very much into his old no, you know, we can you only get anything good by working for it and suffering. Necessary suffering is mm-hmm. is still yeah. very much part of of, of of Kirk's thing. And and presumably the, the it's only really much later that we sort of like start to get our heads around the idea that, you know, everything's cool on earth and like everyone's got everything and you know, we're supposed scarcity economies and all of that stuff. But it, but it's it still has that ending. It's a lot more glib. In previous episodes, you know, he's even you know made speeches about how maybe we were meant to strive and fight and claw our way to the top and all that kind of stuff. You know, I think this this side of paradise is all about that. It's like, how dare you be happy? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> how dare how dare you be happy? You know? <laughs> this is different because these people probably were not happy. They were probably massively coerced, but 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 it, it's still it's still that familiar trope of you know nothing nothing good 
can be is, is is worth having without working hard for it, without struggle, you know, and all of that stuff, which is I always find an interesting message. Well, this to bring across. This, this just goes into the whole of very you know, Protestant, isn't it? It, it is very very Calvinist, yeah. very much the Protestant work ethic. Mm. Um, the, the blights our society. Well, yeah, but that, <laughs> Frankly, in my opinion. that's that's. <laughs> but it, that all comes down to the American thing of manifest destiny, isn't mm. it? That's what it yes. is all yeah. about, and and it is that that clear delineation of of Protestant work ethic to to Catholic great works, where you where something is you've got to work for something in 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 this in this Protestant ideal that. You're, you're 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 nothing unless you you're putting lots of work in. Yeah, you're working hard. It's all about you. In, yeah, um, um, you, yeah. You don't need to be actually doing anything. You just got to be working hard and uh, doing yeah. lots of stuff. Yeah, it's utter bullshit in yes, my opinion. Of course, it non- is. complete of course nonsense. It is. But yeah. nevertheless, you know, it's that's a discussion for a, a, something someone else's podcast. But that's <laughs> that's one of the best things about this episode is the amount of discussion it. it it, it brings out and yeah. about we've been speaking for nearly an hour we have indeed and, and barely broken a sweat I know exactly and, and not could. all episodes go like this <laughs> no <laughs> but I think that's the, I mean you can look at this well, I, I, I can look at this uh, and think well yes there's loads of holes in this plot there's lots of unanswered questions um, but you know it tells a story that, that has a resolution uh, not an entirely satisfying resolution but it does have a resolution um, and so you, you you get the idea of yeah this could have been done better and that even at the time even at the time of like pretty much near the end of the first season it could have been done better it could have explained more it could have built more what you're saying there about the fact that this was a federation experiment or were the was the archon part of the United Earth ships as, 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 as it, it would, would have been back then yeah yeah um I'm surprised they didn't go back to this in in Enterprise because this would have been yeah. almost yeah. contemporary, wouldn't it? So it's it's yeah, absolutely something. There's that... no not even an oblique reference to the Archon in Enterprise, which yeah. is a surprise, particularly because you know when they got to season four, it was all fan service. Yeah, and I think that that would have gone down really, really well. Maybe if they got a fifth season, that might have they might have revisited the <laughs> or, Return of the Archon. Maybe maybe <laughs> they couldn't have done it because. Uh, it's got Gene Roddenberry's name on it, and therefore they would have had to find out uh, a bit of extra uh, cash or <laughs> yeah, for his estate. Well, I suppose that I mean, yeah, yes, that that is that is quite possible actually mm. to be fair. Or it might well be that they just look at that episode and say, well, this just doesn't sit. This feels like an anthology episode. Yeah, it doesn't quite yeah. sit in the Star Trek timeline mm-hmm. that comfortably. A bit like Omega Glory, I think. In some yeah, I mean, and that's obviously a good thing because Omega yeah. Glory is a quite the episode of Star yeah. Trek maybe we should do that next Ooh, straight Ooh. after this one no maybe we should one, do I know, we did say that we would only do good ones for the time <laughs> just a, just I don't know whether I'm ready up. to go into tucking like, because yeah. it's hard work the Omega Glory oh god yeah yeah, yeah. And, yeah and, no, alright yeah. no, let's not do the Omega Glory let's do okay. something else well, well, we should pick a um a horror episode, if we possibly can, if that's possible. I, I don't know because we've done the major ones. Yeah, we? we have. So right. it's like Plato's stepchildren, I suppose. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, we can't do that. That's ghastly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we'll have a think about what to do for yeah. the next one. Yeah. Yeah. We could do the apple, I suppose, but I don't know. I still feel it would be good to. There's a few classics we've not done yet. Oh, so, yeah, certainly. So yeah, well, before we get to the apple. Well, on that note, I think, as Terry's just said, there's there are some classics that we haven't handled yet. 
and we you know we're coming we're actually coming up to christmas this is this is november at the moment and i think that we deserve to actually give ourselves a present and we will find a nice episode that we can talk about and share with you our, our dear listener um and uh, may lando's light be upon you uh so for me goodbye goodbye goodbye